0: The Capital Weekly podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. <music>
1: Uh, Greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's regular podcast. I'm John Howard. I'm joined by Tim Foster. Hello. And our special guest today is Scott Lay, author of The Nooner. A founder of Around the Capital, co-founder of the Roundup, which we do, and I think probably spiritual founder of Capital Weekly at all. So it's like full disclosure here. We've but been next- doing this
0: stuff for a long
1: time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm the only one that looks older. You guys still look older. And California
0: keeps changing.
1: <laughs> so um, you know I mentioned one of the reasons uh, uh, I wanted to chat with you on the pod- podcast is the uh, notion that a long count to some... And speaking about a midterm, speaking about c- Congress especially, to some is evidence of an indication of voter fraud. This is a narrative from the Republican side. You would mentioned, or Tim mentioned, uh, Jeff Denham this morning uh, saying something about Jeff Denham, who lost, by the way. Um, uh, his or, did congressional scene, yeah. or did he? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was in the 10th district, 10th CD. Uh, so I guess that's the first question is, what about our long count and what's going on
0: there? I mean, California... Uh, for as uh, certainly as long as I've been involved in politics, has had a 30-day canvassing period. Um, and it's been written into the law that voters that have problems with their ballots, uh, they're dealt with during that 30-day canvass, and then the county board of supervisors has to certify the results, and they're sent to the Secretary of State's office. Mm-hmm. You know, decade ago, two decades ago, none of this was online, and now everybody sits around, hits their refresh button, expecting that whatever they see right now is the final count. And
1: even with a hundred percent of the precincts reporting.
0: Well, and and there's discussion about changing the display on the state and county websites uh, okay. for this deception because that would be a really good good idea, actually. Absolutely, and I, I, there was even. Um, a uh, the the unprocessed ballots spreadsheet that the geeks look at, which is a county by county tally of how many vo- how many uh, votes have been counted, um, how many votes you know votes tally or tallied and outstanding. Well, it the way the the way the votes counted column has been labeled is votes cast. Well, that's completely deceptive because it excludes on the first week at least, all the provisional ballots. A provisional ballot is when you didn't get your ballot pamphlet, let's say, and you don't know where your precinct is. Mm -hmm. Now, in Sacramento County, we were all mail-in ballots this cycle. So there are very few problems. But in a lot of counties, polling places change, particularly recently because of the number of people that are voting by mail. So counties are reducing The physical polling places, which cost money, and you don't want to pay people money to sit there and have. A handful of voters throughout the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I like the precinct.
0: <laughs> people like, I like the going concept. into my neighborhood. <laughs> no, and, and I know how much people like the I voted stickers. Yeah, and definitely. L.A. I County, want a bigger I, one. I want to say L.A. County actually sends out sent out postcards saying. <laughs> yeah,
1: somebody did actually. <laughs> yeah, they did some sort of a voter sticker mail or whatever.
0: Right, saying we've got your ballot, and of course I'm a geek. I go online and look up in Sacramento County. Uh, we we have some improvements in Sacramento County. We're not. We didn't do post. Postage paid returns. That's right. Uh, this year, which we really should have as part of the Voters' Choice Act, not required, but Los Angeles County did do postage paid. Now they're not paying; they're not putting stamps on everything. They only pay for ones that come back. And the big secret in politics has been, you never had to put a stamp on because the United States Postal Service always delivered. Ballots. That's why they're in specially colored envelopes. They're set aside, they're processed, they're bundled to take to the the county clerk's office. But they don't do
1: that now, eh?
0: right? No, they they, do. They they do. do. Yeah. And so what was happening before was the counties were just on the hook for anybody who didn't put a stamp on, but they would always be delivered. Um, And that's going to change now because as of uh, January 1st, all elections, the vote by mail ballots will be postage paid and the states basically promised counties <clears throat> yeah um, has promised the counties that they're going to the state will reimburse okay. the cost of that new program
1: there goes that uh, that surplus we have <laughs>
0: yeah. we only have 15 billion dollars in extra cash mm-hmm. right now i don't know yeah. what we'll do but th- it's a very methodical way of counting ballots and mm-hmm. that's what wasn't understood or was used with disbelief of what the law requires, which is you count ballots that are received on election day, somebody walks into a precinct and casts a ballot, or an absentee ballot that is received before election day. Because what they do is they actually process, they validate the signatures and everything of ones that are received you know, on October 15th when they got my ballot back. Mm-hmm. So those are all tallied first. But then all the absentee ballots that come in on election day can't be processed on election day. And then up to three days after, absentee ballots that are postmarked on election day can still be received. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so you How have about- this process where you're not even getting the totality of absentee ballots, vote by mail ballots, uh, until the Friday after the
1: election. What percentage uh, do you think is outstanding? Even though you go to the Secretary of State's website and at 4 a.m. in the morning on the morning after the election it might say hundred percent of the precincts reporting but the term precinct suggests to the to the viewer that it's all in when right. in fact there's 30, by 40 45 50. No, I think
0: a majority we won't, we won't know until we get the final um, statement of votes cast yeah. and that's
1: next late next spring you look about six out of ten actually vote by mail now yeah. Is that?
0: yeah yeah so and most of those are coming in on election day. Or the day before election day yeah. or the couple of days yeah. thereafter. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so um, that's a, that just dramatically slows the count. And you can't even start on provisional ballots, whether they're regular provisional ballots or conditional provisional ballots, which are the semi-same-day voter registration okay. and ca- version of, in California. So all of those ballots have to wait until after all the absentee ballots are counted, so that somebody doesn't vote twice, because a vote, by, you know, an, an absentee ballot, uh, you know, that somebody got in the mail, has already been cleared. All you have to do is match a signature, and then it's set to be uh, counted. Mm-hmm. Provisional ballots have to be validated with the voter registration system, uh, and conditional registration ballots have to be first registered as a voter. And then, if that goes through successfully, they're put in the provisional uh, stack. And so you have a, really a five-step process of counting ballots. And a lot of it in the latter parts is manual labor by staff in the county offices. Could we make this more technology, technologically sophisticated? There are ways... But those ways are as suspect, suspect uh-huh. to critics of the system as what we have now.
1: You mean in terms of being hacked or being
0: No, in, 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 ter- in terms of, well, yeah, I mean, you're, you have trade-offs. Uh-huh. You know, should we validate signatures anymore? I don't, I, well, know, didn't you get didn't you get a, a I, uh, was not, I was rejected in June this year. Oh. You yeah. know, uh, I was also one time rejected by my bank. Did you have a provisional ballot in June? Or did you go
1: through that? I wound to no,
0: that. I did. I, I did vote by mail, and it never was counted. What? And it, you know, and I didn't get a postcard or anything. And you know, it, it is what it is. You know, I, I don't think my vote would have counted here, uh, yeah. any any or would have changed things here. But it does. History happen. could
1: have been changed.
0: I, you know, my I just signed. I did a little deposit at the bank, and I signed my signature three times, I had three different people, and they. <laughs> whatever was on my driver's license is probably something even more even different. <laughs> so there are real problems. Now do you go to a 6-digit pin that matches uh, with yeah. an address that might I yeah, I think that actually could be a, a very, you know, a, a very good thing. Um, that you get a postcard, you know, uh, a week before your ballot, let's say, with a 6-digit pin. Hmm. And then uh, you uh, you write that pin on the outside of your your signed ballot. You still sign it. So
1: you're saying trust the post office. Americans love to trust the post office
0: and DMV. You know, it- <laughs> I I very rarely hear of complaints about ballots not received or ballots not returned. Okay. Now there's this you know concept with the vote by mail ballots of of fraud and people think that California allegations of fraud are the same as what's happening in the North Carolina ninth they're completely different they're kind of the exact opposite they, right? they are clearly yeah. the opposite here the allegations are that uh volunteers for the Democrats went around and collected ballots um and uh and and brought them in bulk to pre- precincts that is allowed under California law now I've talked to county clerks, and they said there's no evidence that that actually happened. But it is allowed in North Carolina. The allegations are uh, people collected ballots that were not sealed, not signed, and didn't either didn't turn them in or cast a ballot and turn them in fraudulently. No evidence of that in California, but it is a lengthy process. Well, um, with- and one other thing is the sheer number of votes in California is so much more than others. I mean, yeah. one of the things I remember seeing that sort of struck me is that there are more people in Fresno County than there are in the state of Vermont. Yeah. So I, I think that that ha- probably has to play a role. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. And nobody uh, predi- uh, predicted 64.4% voter turnout, which is what we end up having.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it just baffled people. Um, And, you know, part of that was, and I was one of those people. I mean, I put out, I think I did a 62% projection. Um, What many of us thought was these new motor voters, people that registered at the DMV. Now, it's not automatic voter registration. I hear that a lot. You still have to affirmatively say, yes, I want to register. The clerk says, do you want to register with a party or do you have no party preference? So you have to answer those two questions before you have a registration. Now, there was a glitch of 1,600 stupid situations that's been investigated. There was no fraud. It was just stupid computer system and inefficient training of DMV employees. But many of us thought that those people that said at the DMV, they waited an hour at the DMV. And, okay, yes, I'll register to vote, you know. Um Many of us thought that they would vote in lower numbers than traditional for new registrants. Normally, new registrants in a cycle are very high propensity voters. Because, you know, wow, you just re- voted. You must have been impassioned because of current politics or, or people on the ballot. Yeah. Whereas instead, um, you know, the DMV voters, uh, the automatic, in quotes, voters, are they are just doing it as part of a process. They voted. And that shocked people. And that's the margin that was not expected. Um and, and changed the results in
1: several races. Do we do we know the partisan breakdown of the DMV no. voter registrants? Is there a way of isolating that? Um
0: I, I do think I think that Paul Mitchell has that data. Yeah, didn't he do the California one twenty column kind of about he did something about well and about people who didn't know they, they thought they had registered one party and then they were actually registered to
1: the other party or they thought they were nonpartisan, and they had i want to say you read a whole yeah. column about that well yeah. what i'm getting at is whether the people who registered with the dmv if they, or re- through the dmv how they wound up voting how they wound up voting in a partisan way if they voted democratic they voted republican is there a, a connection between how you registered and how you voted i don't i'm
0: not not to my knowledge i do have new data today if we talk about oh wow we now have to wait over a month to know the final result. I literally just got polling data um, as I was getting ready to ride over here.
1: You can tell us. we so will only tell a few close friends. That are yeah,
0: bad. well, I, I think I can share the data. And it was data in um, the 45th Congressional District in Irvine and mm-hmm. the 48th Congressional District in Huntington Beach. The Rohrabacher, Rohrabacher. seat and uh, Mimi Walters seat uh, reversed. Well, that data asked respondents, um, Have you, you know, who did you vote for for president in uh, 2016 and how did you cast a ballot in 2018 and a very large number of independent voters? We're not talking about Republican. Registered Republicans vote Republican. Mm -hmm. That really, that didn't really change. However, independents who have voted Republican in the past voted Democrat in these targeted districts. And so I now have data on that. I need to get into the crosstabs exactly understand it, mm-hmm. but the top line at least suggests exactly that that there was this bias. Now, I don't know if this the crosstabs uh, in the polling results show whether it you know a new a newer voter or not. Um, and obviously, we have immense data on voters um, on all in all kinds of areas, but there's no absolutely no data other than polling data on how somebody votes. Mm -hmm. Nobody tracks that. I mean people I know people get concerned about, you know, databases and all of that. Nobody tracks how somebody voted, Mm -hmm. only through anonymous
1: polls. And then you have to draw inferences to underlying data. Well one last question. Can you are there any stories from any tales to be told for twenty twenty? Looking at twenty twenty, is there anything you've learned going through your data to the extent you've seen it so far. Um, that we can take a look at 2020 and make some predictions about what may or may not happen? Um, well, I
0: mean, there's a lot of uncertainties because of the top of the ticket mm-hmm. in the president of the United States. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that will be the driver in November of 2020. Now, I think what is happening is Republicans are getting a wake-up call in California. Uh, now, that, that wake-up call is a debate as to whether... They need to be more passionately conservative and find a way to um, to tell the story to independent voters, particularly younger minority voters. Um, and that debate between conservatism and nationalism, I know you had Mike Madrid yeah. on. Um,
1: the right and the far right and the very far
0: right. It, exactly. And, and that debate is going on in the Republican Party. Now, I don't care, frankly, about that debate. They need to understand that voter turnout is no longer about commercials on TV or or radio. It's no longer about phone banks because if I look at my phone and it's a number I don't know, I don't answer it. My mom doesn't either. I, you know, my mom is seventy. What seventy two? Hey, that's not so old. Yeah, you know, my my grandmother is ninety eight. You know. Okay, that's, that's a little old. <laughs> yeah, those are they, they're they're voters, damn it.
1: <laughs> who um, did your vo- who did your grandmother first vote for? Do you know?
0: No, I don't. I w- Stop, Yeah, that would have been such a good closer. I don't know. What you call right now. <laughs> 46 uh let's see. 1946 plus I don't know. What was the what was the voting age? Was it still 21? I don't know. 21? Yeah. I think it was, 21, even,
1: yeah. uh, it was well, 20, 18 um 18 was 72. I it would have been Nixon. Richard Nixon's reelect. I think you have been 18 and voting that one
0: yeah so she would have been 21 so that would have been uh in uh uh, 1967 67 yeah (laughs) so 68 so maybe she probably voted for lbj
1: uh Thank you oh, no, no, that's oh, what We wrong. shouldn't have voted for LBJ in 68. That's right.
0: That's right. That's I was the protest I was vote. Good. That's right. No, I, that's a good point. It was, uh, Scott
1: Light, thank you very much. Nice to see you, John. Um, it's nice thank to see you me. aging right before our eyes. Nice here. to see you, too. <laughs> Tim Foster, thank you very much. And this is John Howard. We will see you next time around. Thank you. That was great.